0: This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa
1: Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And you can catch up on all of our Street Soldiers episodes, both radio and TV, on LisaEvers.com. Now, in this episode, we're talking about Hollywood, hip-hop, and the casting couch. Growing uh, revelations about sexual abuse and harassment by one of the men who was once considered one of the most powerful people in Hollywood, Harvey Weinstein of Miramax Films. But he's not the only one who's facing these type of accusations, and he's not the only one who over the years has used his power to control, degrade, and even attack women. Now, the focus on sexual abuse of women has put a harsh spotlight on the way a lot of industry women are treated, whether it's the music industry, the entertainment industry, Hollywood, and even just any regular business. A lot of women have had to endure all sorts of abuse and humiliation with no one to really talk to about it, with no real recognition or understanding that this kind of behavior was acceptable. So just how common is this? Has every woman experienced Does it depend on where you're working? Does it depend on the part of the country? Does it depend on what you look like? These are some of the issues that we're going to get into with our panel. And also, where do we draw the line between a guy who's just making gross advances and somebody who's actually breaking the law? Let's take it to our panel and find out what they have to say about this. Joining me is Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a pop culture expert and music journalist. Somia, great to have you. Great to be here. Also with us is Eric Sanders. He's a criminal defense attorney. He's a civil rights and discrimination expert, and he's also the founder of the Sanders firm PC. Eric, great to have you on. Great to have you. Also with us is, you've seen her in many films and television shows and all over the media, Andrea Rachel Parker. She's an actress, choreographer, and singer. You see her in HBO's The Deuce and Star's Power. Great to have you on the show. Thank
0: you for having me.
1: Great to have you. So, Mia, I want to start with you on this. In terms of how widespread is this, how widespread is it? Is this something that pretty much every woman goes through at some point?
2: I think it's very widespread. So we're talking about it now in the context of Hollywood and entertainment, especially with what's been going on with producer Harvey Weinstein and the fallout. But you've seen a lot of high profile cases, whether it be in hip hop, the tech industry, news media, going all the way to the White House. So I think this is a much larger conversation that goes far beyond entertainment about how we treat women, the objectification of women, and how women
1: kind of traverse in male dominated industries. So do you think it's a a, a side effect of the fact that women still don't have equality in a lot of ways?
2: I think that is definitely a part of it. Um, And then also just sort of culturally, this idea of boys will be boys or, quote, locker room talk. A lot of generations, especially previously, that was really something that was acceptable and women kind of had to learn to deal with it. So button up your shirt. Don't smile too long. Don't stay too late. Don't drink too much. And really the onus was and is still on women in a lot of cases.
1: Eric, when you look at the Harvey Weinstein, I mean, it's just like one revelation after another. You know many of these by A-list Hollywood actresses. Mm-hmm. What's your whole take on his his situation? Because there was one woman in New York who said even as recently as a couple of years ago she tried she wore a wire for the NYPD to try to catch him admitting on tape what to what he allegedly did to her, and yet no charges. What, how do you explain that?
3: Well, you know I have seen problems like this even before I retired from the police department. Before I became attorney, obviously, um, and I used to investigate sex crimes. This is a complex area of the law, whether it's on the criminal side or the civil side with respect to Weinstein, I don't know enough about him yet to even comment other than say the allegations. I mean, as a lawyer, that's what I have to say. Um, I don't know enough about it.
1: But as, an, as a former investigator, you look mm-hmm. into these crimes. Are there certain similarities? Are there certain patterns? It's, you know, the women a lot of times feel like they're isolated. They feel like they need this person for a job.
3: Well, and that's true now. With respect to people who are victimized, and sometimes you have males that are victimized, although it hasn't really come up in the conversation too much, it does happen as well. Um, you have people that have unequal power, whether it's in the workplace or you're trying to get a job as an independent contractor or you're trying to get an apartment. It's the same kind of problem. You have unequal power. And where you have unequal power, you have this problem. So, yes.
1: But in, in, in terms of the, the legality of it, like people are saying, well, where, if a guy touches a woman without asking her permission, is that automatically a crime? And, a, and can they, that be considered
3: sexual abuse? In technical sense, yes, it could be a crime. The question is, will a person complain about it or they don't complain about it? Most things that we interact with human beings, it never rises to the occasion of a crime because people don't complain to the police. Most times people take care of these problems themselves, but it could be sex abuse, could be sexual misconduct, um, could be, you know, some sort of criminal charge related to that. And on the civil side, it could be sexual harassment, you know, it could be assault and battery. It all depends on what, what you want to do. A
1: definitely a level of severity.
3: Oh, yes. Like, like a,
1: scale, a scale of
3: that. Everything is context.
1: Andrea, what about for you as an, as an actress going out to these casting calls in the industry? Do other, you know, do your colleagues talk about, hey, watch out for that guy. He's just make sure, you know, watch out. He's a little too handsy. Do you hear things like that?
0: I mean, as a woman, I think you hear things like that often, not just with being in Hollywood, um, not just with being in the entertainment business. It's kind of how we're reared. We have to always keep something about our sexual identity in in our head, um, in our mind, as we're walking the streets, as we're taking cabs, as we're um, going out to school or lunch with friends. This is just a constant thought. As for me personally, I haven't fortunately dealt with anything like this when being a part of my audition processes I wish every actress could say the same thing but it's not the reality and so um the conversation I think we're just now touching upon it and it needs to get a lot wider and I think a lot of it has to do with what Samaya said that we need to now start interjecting men into the conversation and making them hold each other accountable for what they do and what they see each other do.
1: And how do, you, do, you do, you, do you feel like, the because you're very close to the hip hop community also, do you feel like the climate, and I don't want to single out hip hop because it's not just hip hop, but it's just that's, you know, that's a predominant culture right now. The, do you feel that there's the, the misogyny kind of makes it okay for, you know, the way women are talked about, their bodies are talked about, the way their look is talked about, the way that, you know, she does this or she won't do this. And, and even it, some of the lyrics, do you think that plays a role in creating a climate of disrespect for women?
0: I feel that women right now are in a day and age where they're feeling a lot more liberated and they're owning their body and they're owning their mind and they're owning what they wear and how, and how they speak and how they handle situations and I think because we are in that sense of being liberated, um, we're controlling the climate that hip-hop is, is kind of playing around in and I think that a lot of hip-hop is about being egotistical and a lot of it is about being for the culture and for the struggle and for for kind of the fun of certain things but I don't necessarily think that everything is serious and I think that men and women as a whole have the ability to kind of decide what is serious and what isn't and I don't think at any point music should ever be the the, the fallback for why someone did something or, 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 or how they conducted. take the blame on con- Tell me what about conducted.
1: that? In, t- in, terms of, in terms of the, the hip hop culture in particular with women.
2: You know, I think there's an interesting distinction because just a few weeks ago on this show, we talked about women really rising in the industry with someone like um, a Cardi B or Remy Ma coming back and even some female executives. So I really think it goes back to the idea of power. So I think when you reach a certain level, I think a lot of these kind of issues go away. Um, but I think we always have to think about the young intern, the young assistant, or maybe the new artist who doesn't wield that power. and. It's really about speaking for those victims and those allegations, I think, is an important nuance, right? Because I think at the very powerful A-list level, you probably won't see that as much just because those women can literally hire and fire people. They could blacklist men very easily. But it's those who are just trying to get their foot in the door. And, and I just think, trying to
1: start it and absolutely. get going. Let's talk about that. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about Hollywood hip hop and the casting couch. We'll be back right after this. What up? This is Trey Saws, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues,
0: real politics, real people, only on Hot 97.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about Hollywood hip hop and the casting couch. Joining me for this conversation, Somia Murthy. She's a pop culture expert and music journalist. Somia, great to have you. Hi. Also with us is Eric Sanders. He's a criminal defense attorney. He's a civil rights and discrimination expert. His firm is the Sanders Firm PC. Eric, great to have you. Thank you. Also with us is Andrea Rachel Parker. She's an actress, choreographer, and singer. You see her in HBO's The Deuce and Star's Power. Great to have you. Thank you. Eric, I want to ask you about this. In terms of the law, have the laws changed that much regarding sexual harassment, sexual abuse?
3: Yes and no. It seems like the law has changed, in technically, but in a practical sense, no. Because remember, most oftentimes when victims are seeking justice, they go on their systems as predominantly males. Remember that. Most of the judges are males. And even when you have female judges, they kind of take on the same roles <laughs> in the context of what men do and how they evaluate cases. Matter of fact, I can tell you for on the criminal side, uh, if you look at jurors, female jurors actually... Are more harsh against female victims, alleged female victims. Really? Oh yeah, there's studies done on this. All right, this is not something I'm just making up. And on the same side, on the sexual harassment in the civil context, same thing. Female jurors are, are tougher on female victims than. They are a male victim. It's just a little different dynamic. All
1: right, then we'll say that for the for the female haters show. But let me ask you that, in, ter- in terms of, in terms of in terms of the law, because right. I, w- I want to take advantage of your legal expertise mm-hmm. and also being a former NYPD officer uh-huh. who investigated these type of sex crimes. You're on the subway. This has happened to pretty much. I don't want to say every woman in New York City, but a lot of women, you're on the train, and right before the train pulls into the station, you feel a guy grabbing you, but the train is so crowded and the doors are about to open, and you you kind of know in your heart, like, yeah, that guy was just trying to cop a feel, but the, the other part of you is like, I really don't want to deal with this right now. Let me just right. get off the train. Is that
3: a crime? Technically, yes. You have sex abuse. You have the harmful offensive touching of another. The question is... If you charge a felony, will it, the felony stick or become a misdemeanor? or it get pled down because a person, their background, how many times they've been arrested? All those things are factor into it. What kind of evidence do you have? As you see in the subways, if you have noticed in the paper, there are more and more people getting caught masturbating in the subway as well. Right, the and sex the offenders, doing yeah, I things see all like this. That. Sh- right. So there's more arrests being made on, on the subway. The problem is what happens with it once you make the arrest. And on the civil side, of course, you could sue them for the same assault battery you know, those kind of fences as well.
1: So, I mean, what does it say to you about, like with a Harvey Weinstein case, (laughs) that this guy, I mean, he's just like opening the door with his bathrobe with nothing on underneath and just...
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was a crazy visual. Thank you for that. Um, You know, I I think when it comes to Harvey Weinstein, this was one of the most powerful men in Hollywood.
1: Give us an idea just because for people who don't, Know how big he was. Give us an idea of like how influential he was.
2: Very influential with his company, Miramax, and then later the Weinstein Company. He was very instrumental in producing some of the biggest movies Pulp Fiction, Shakespeare in Love, um, Goodwill Hunting, and he was really known as making and breaking careers. You know, there was sort of this kind of notion of these um, Harvey girls or the Weinstein girls where he would be kind of a mentor to these young actresses. His wife, who owns the um, Brand Marquesa would oftentimes outfit them for the red carpet, and they would go from obscurity to A-list nearly overnight. So he really was a kingmaker in Hollywood. So to see him fall after decades and decades of these allegations is very powerful. But What's interesting is you have people like Angelina Jolie, Gwyneth Paltrow speaking out, very much A-listers. But a lot of these incidents happened decades ago, and some of these women continue to work with him even after some of the allegations. So it's kind of a very tricky situation. So I think there was a lot, going back to what you said, about even women being sometimes critics. um, There were people critical, like, wait a minute, so you said this happened to you, but then you won an Oscar with him. So what's that duality so there was a lot of suspicion you know people call it the worst kept secret in hollywood um that harvey was going through these alleged behaviors but if that's the case there was also complicity from both men and women
3: right because people benefited from it financially Absolutely, andrea what do you think
0: i tend to disagree with something like that as far as like the women being as complicit in it because you're talking about women who were very young and a lot of times when you're that young you don't know how to handle mentally a situation you don't know how to conceptualize what actually just occurred a lot of times you also don't know how to start a conversation like that because again falling back to what you said about how men are raised and how women are raised we're not taught how to handle these types of Conflicts and confrontations, and a lot of times when you're uncomfortable in a situation, you kind of shut down. And so the only way you feel able to move forward is kind of pretending that something that did occur didn't occur, or maybe didn't affect you as much as it had, or maybe you felt like you were the only one. And we go back to isolation and silence. And therefore, if you feel like you're the only one, you don't feel like you can have such an impact on actually bringing this person, you know, to their knees in a sense. So
2: absolutely. I think the important, you know, distinction there, just to be 100 percent clear, by no means were the victims complicit, but sometimes other powerful women in Hollywood, Meryl Streep spoke out. And this was someone who said Harvey was someone she knew well. He was a friend, but it never happened to her. And there's kind of this level of suspicion right now a lot of these very high-profile women very successful who weren't victims luckily right. um, but they didn't speak out and the question is what's the onus on them right but absolutely I mean never would the victims should right. be um, blamed and, for and what happened and, and, yeah. and honestly
1: I, I think I think a therapist would say you can't force a victim. you can't tell a victim when is the right time or even if they should because they've already that person has already been violated that person has already been violated, and then you're taking away the choice of whether or not they are comfortable enough to let well, people know. That's just a basic know. understanding. So, like violating human, them again. Right. Right.
3: Well, that's a basic understanding of human behavior. We all put bad experience in the back. That's Freud, right? You got to put in the back. And, right. right. Uh, and then what's the, the
2: responsibility? Like, if right. everyone in a room has heard something or knows something, is it for us to tell each other, to go to the media? Who's really there to tell that story? Because I think a lot of people, especially in this current situation, believe: Look, it wasn't for me to tell. Tell the Weinstein story maybe a friend of mine was victimized or a colleague but it's not for me to speak on her behalf. That's, but that's what, a
3: maybe now since you said the obligation and technically is no legal obligation but it all depends on the person who is the the person who's the victim, whether they're employee or co-employee, now you're going to. You may have an obligation to do so because the law says yes. Interesting.
2: Really. Okay.
3: Right. Well, this in hasn't the, in been the analyzed yet. in the, in the, in the workplace. workplace. And I want to get into yeah. a little bit more,
1: but I want right. to talk about um, Andrea's point with the. In terms of a lot of the victims, you know, a lot of the victims, it happened early on in their career when they're young, when they don't develop this kind of you know, when they don't have the same kind of confidence, they don't have the track record, they need that job, and they may not even have the vocabulary of how to negotiate their way out of a situation like that without it turning into, like, a whole big ugly mess. Well,
3: that may be you true. Know, like In li-
1: other words, how to say no without getting the guy even more upset, <laughs> which the woman should not have to have, have to do. But, right? Right. Or blacklisted, right? Or in an industry right. that true. you love, and you the may only, never work in this town
2: again. The only right.
3: thing I say about all these cases when you look at this, remember, we're only getting a piece of this. We don't know enough about this. We know That we have people making allegations. What these allegations mean, we don't know yet. So, as
1: a criminal defense attorney, do you think there's a, there's, more to this story
3: with a I don't know. Harvey Weinstein defense? I don't know, but remember, I've seen it both ways. I've seen people who say they're victims and then you find out they're not being truthful. And Then you find people who are the abusers and find out that they're not being truthful. So in other words, there are human beings involved in this. As long as you have interaction between human beings, you have to look at the t- context and look at it objectively. But, if but you, over if all you, the
1: cases, let me ask you this, and mm-hmm. to go to to go to Andrea's point, in, in terms of a, lot of a lot of the victims being young or this happens to a lot of women when they're just starting out, they're in mm-hmm. their... They're like teens, maybe early 20s, but a lot in the teen, in their teens. Is, have you seen most of the victims? I and mean, we hear stories about 80-something-year-old women being raped by these sicko perverts. But what about, are most of the victims of this type of thing young, like starting out in their you careers? See,
3: you see it generally will happen to women, which you in the legal field would call childbearing. You see them from the early 20s up to maybe the early 40s. That's where you have the majority of victims such as that happens to this, whether it's Uh, sex crimes and the criminal aspect on the civil side, whether employees, housing, you know, things like that, that group. But you see it in other groups, too. You sometimes see it uh, to children, teenagers, and older women as well.
1: All right, we got to take a short break. This is Lisa. I'm Lisa Evers. This is Street Soldiers. We're talking about Hollywood hip-hop and the casting couch. We'll be back right after this.
0: New York City, it's Miguel and you're tuning to the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real people, real, real, people, real, real issues, and real politics. only on Hot 97. 97.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about Hollywood, hip-hop, and the casting couch. Joining me for this conversation, Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a pop culture expert and music journalist. Somia, great to have you. Great to be here. Also with us is Eric Sanders. He's a criminal defense attorney, a civil rights and discrimination expert. He has his own firm, the Sanders firm PC. Eric, great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Also with us is Andrea Rachel Parker. She's an actress, choreographer, and singer. You see her in HBO's *The Deuce*, and you've seen her on *Stars*, on on *Power*, on *Stars*. Thank you so much for being with us. (laughs) Thank you. We really appreciate it. Well, we want to remind everybody because you know we love *Power* too. (laughs) Love *The Deuce* also. In terms, in terms of the lying, the we've seen so many cases where false charges have been brought against men, and that has kind of cast a lot of shade on women, and also especially on women who really did have something happen to them, a crime committed against them, and are afraid to come up. What about what about that and come out about it? What about that? I mean,
2: even recently there were accusations against the rapper Nelly about what happened after a concert, um and you know the most recent news is that the accuser does not want to go to trial and her explanation through her lawyer was she's like look i'm just a regular girl no one's going to believe me compared to nelly but in the court of public opinion some would say the damage is done i mean again we don't know about from the legal perspective but if you look on social media if you look at just the media in general a lot of people have already um, critiqued him and now kind of branded him. And I think there's there's two sides to every coin where it's very important to sort of be understanding of victims. And they're absolutely allowed to not go through legal proceedings, to change their mind. It's his or her choice. Um, but sometimes when that happens, I think that's when it's very easy for skepticism to creep
1: in. And um Eric, the, uh, Wendy, Wendy Williams got into a little bit of trouble uh-huh. over the Nelly incident because she <clears> said people women should know not to go into somebody's tour bus at two o'clock in the morning. Now this girl was 16, so I think she was or like a college like student six, she, or she, she young. Yeah, young. I don't know if she was underage, but I, I want to talk about the underage thing. But what about that sentiment? Like she should not. She should know if you're going into a tour bus at two o'clock in the morning after a concert, something's going to happen. <sighs>
3: That's sent to now this whole societal thing of uh, you know whether people are comfortable criticize or evaluating other people's conduct. I mean, look, we do other things to avoid crimes. We don't walk in the parks after dark. I mean, there's a million different things we do. There's things you can do to make yourself safer. Safer, and I think that's what she was trying to get at. And of course. Some women got upset about that. Which wasn't think, oh, to blame, blame the
1: vi- right. not blaming but the victim. But ba- that's what I thought, too. She was just basically saying like certain common sense things because and especially, you know, you're, it's a very exciting atmosphere. You're flattered that this famous yes. rapper is asking you to, you know, to, to come with him or, or whatever. But, but common
3: sense. But this is nothing new. I mean, it happened to Mike Tyson. I mean, right. he actually, I'm going to jail for this. I mean, right. the same kind of thing. The, gr- the
1: woman was 18 years old. Early in
3: the morning is two or three o'clock in come the morning. To the hotel room. The, the point is business doesn't. It's not conducted in a hotel room. I mean, at it's three kinda, o'clock in the morning, it, it kind of doesn't make any sense. But you know, you have to look at the whole picture. I mean, it, and false allegations happen. Look at Rolling Stone, learn that one. I right. mean, they wrote a whole article expose. It's a big story, big story. It was false allegations, and the same thing happened at Duke University. I mean, so we have to be careful. You have to really carefully analyze these things and don't make assumptions based upon limited information. Because he's sexual. Bias. Go
1: ahead, Andrea.
0: Yeah, I just don't like when the conversation turns into what a woman should not be able to do whether she was young whether it was after dark whether it was a tour bus or a hotel you know people are humans like you said first and foremost so people want to have fun people want to find new adventures and experiences and if this isn't a a person that's a public figure that you look up to and you have not especially when you're young and you have a possibility of saying hi to them or giving them a hug sometimes your mind being young doesn't allow you to rationalize it in the sense of hey it's after dark and this is his tour bus so anything's bound to happen again with going back to hip-hop and the culture you know I don't want it to be the fallback I think as a as adults people need to take responsibility for their actions so if something did like happen and transpire on that tour bus or anywhere with him and another individual or for any artist at that at that fact I, I would just hope that it's not placed on the victim or the person who feels like they're a victim to, to have been more responsible or careful because in something like that I think the issue has to do with bodily respect and it has to do with understanding the responsibility of sexual intimacy and and and, and getting consent and and rationalizing you know is this person of legal age at all
1: Yeah, I want, I want to talk about that the consent and the, the legal age thing. But what about but do you think talking about risk factors is taking away from women i mean we say you know wear a seatbelt in a car don't drive 90 miles an hour on a winding road when it's raining or it's icy you know it's it's like you're you're more likely to have a crash than if it's definitely daytime and dry and 45 miles an hour
0: right so definitely wear a seatbelt in the car but if you're not wearing a seatbelt and a drunk driver hits you it's still a seatbelt wouldn't necessarily save your life right right and so what i'm trying to say is that It's not taking the conversation away. It's definitely something to consider and to to be brought up and mentioned. I just don't like when it's always used as the fallback in these types of conversations. So definitely let your child know, like, hey, these are things you can implement so that this way you do have a safe journey from your your outing back home. But also, if something does happen from the journey back home, you can't say, well, I told you to do this, that, and a third, it would've never happened if. And, because you can't say that. We don't know if she didn't go on that tour, if it wasn't going to be another guy another situation another this that like there are so many variables in, in in these type of types of things that you just you you have to think of everything and and not just simplify it to something as simple as don't go on a tour bus after night
2: well and also i think after it's dark this idea that we warn our daughters but we have to also teach our sons better as well so yes. going back to your point Absolutely. I think, you know, there's something about being safe. And obviously, as a young woman or man, being in some stranger's tour bus may or may not be the best idea, um, especially if you don't know anyone or there's no real reason for you to be there. But on the other side, it's really teaching our boys and young men about things like consent, about what really is kind of intimacy and knowing that no means no. And when you're intoxicated or on drugs, like Legally speaking, now you may be, you know, culpable for what happens right. under that state. So I think it's hopefully we're starting a conversation of how better to raise our daughters and sons, and it can't just fall on women that we need to wear right. this on Right, and I don't and mean to make our the. I'm just saying, oh, but I,
1: in terms of, I say it more as an empowering way of like, yeah. well, if we have strategies, if we have, because I'm, you know, I think of things like, wow, they're before the grace of God. But in terms of the age, in terms of the age factor again, right. we look at Anthony Weiner. Se- uh, texting, sexting, and you know having these illicit uh, video chats and things with an underage girl. Now he's going to be doing federal time. Right. So Eric, is the law pretty clear? If you're under the age of consent, that younger thing will get very you every clear. time.
3: The law is very clear. Strict liability. That's that's explain, one of the only. It for because you know the street I'm, I'm, the street people go well I'm, you know fifteen I'm will in get you fifteen will it. get you twenty so if you're <laughs> so like I'm going with a fifteen
1: you. year old girl no no you could get twenty strict
3: liability in this area of the law this is where there's definitely strict liability they don't care I thought she was eighteen and I thought she was twenty she had they a fake care. ID that it, said she was eighteen oh. it doesn't matter the law doesn't care all they care is that the person is underage strict liability you're going to be held responsible for it that's why Anthony Wynn is held responsible for it although he didn't know he didn't even see the person he never had contact with her he was still held responsible right but
1: they, they said in court that supposedly she had told him she was going for her, driver, her learner's <laughs> permit driver's test the let's, next day well, let's assume that's, for a that's, moment. that's she was 15 let's
3: assume for a moment that's true did he ever physically meet her did he ever see her no this
1: is across well, the he internet well he saw her
3: this but is, not this is across the internet Right, strict liability. It's the same thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, what's interesting
2: is I had a conversation recently with a hip-hop manager who works with some huge stars, and they were saying they have a process in place. Like, when they're on the road, they're in the tour bus, and not to get too into it, but it involves, like, a contract, checking IDs. Again, we're presuming that these IDs are accurate. I don't think they have a little scanner, but they said, we have a process in place. Um, I know some artists are known to confiscate phones. Like, they check your ID. They check everyone's, you know, from the girl to her friends, to her cousin, anyone in the room, um, there are these processes in place. Now, again, I don't think that necessarily predatory behavior it's not going to curb it, but I do think, especially within hip-hop and celebrity, people are kind of mindful of that, because you no, never they're know. they're definitely mindful yeah? of it. and, and
1: I, you're, you're, I think you're smiling because you know, you know that that's a, a common practice, and I so interviewed it. Although
3: contract's going to give him anyway is a whole other story. I don't know who's giving him that advice, because there's no waiver for it, but you know, that's a whole other legal no, issue. No, I, I know I <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: Hip hop bodyguard for very, very, very big stars Mm -hmm. would take the, would be outside the door of the hotel room after Mm -hmm. the concert because there's also too, there's also some aggressive fans, female fans that just wait. They find out where the person is, they are waiting outside the room. You know, they're waiting in the hallway or whatever. And if somebody did want to go in and the artist wanted that person to go in, he would check the ID, mm-hmm. picture, take a picture of the ID, and then take a phone video of her <laughs> wow. saying, my I name is so-and-so, yeah. I'm 18 years old, or I'm 20 years old, or whatever, and I'm going in here willingly of my own free will. That's is that a waiver? does that hold up in court? No, in it doesn't say? hold up in court.
3: I, they need to all get new lawyers because that doesn't protect <laughs> that doesn't them. work either. No, it doesn't protect wow. Besides the fact that most states you take a picture of someone's identification and license. It's, it's illegal. So I don't know who's giving that legal advice, but hey, you know, what can I tell all you? Right, guys, I see you learn everything on
1: street soldiers.
0: Yeah, I think that also brings up the topic again that men need to start checking other men. If you see something happening that can actually put your friend in danger or say, Hey man, you're not thinking straight, you're not you're not doing right, or I'm not sure this is what she meant when she said X Y Z, that conversation needs to happen. Men need to become advocates for women's safety.
1: Well, what about that? Because we say with terrorism, we we all know the phrase: "You see something, say, say something." something. Right. But this, you know, some of but these. But
2: it's it's hard, right? Especially in the case of a celebrity, whether it be a rapper, whether it be a singer, an actor. A lot of times, their friends work for them. So if your friend mm-hmm. is on your payroll and they know, you know what? We should leave. We don't need to go to this after party. These girls, I don't trust them. Tomorrow, your check may not clear, and you don't have a job anymore. That's so right. there's a lot of this yes men culture. Um, And which I think is problematic, because I totally agree. I think Uh someone needs to be the adult in the room and say, hey, guys, this is not good. It's going into a bad place. But oftentimes, sometimes the crew is just as young and inexperienced as the artist and or they're on their payroll.
3: this is where the artists make their mistake because what they do is instead of having people around as professionals, they have their friends around them. So they want to hang out and have a good time as opposed to someone saying, listen, we're not having any of this stuff. Yeah,
2: you don't want me on the road because I would totally be that And you see the artists that have been person. around for a while and, yeah. the, and some
1: of the most successful, they don't have their friends around them. Get them they away have from good me.
3: professionals Those, are very few people. That's of course all these people. people yeah. Nelly and all the rest of these people problem, just like the football player um, yeah. of LA down in Dallas. Same problems over and or over again. Or even having
2: women. I mean, we've talked about this, right? A lot of times in these crews or these yes. companies, there's literally no women. I mean, I think if you had several women executives, perhaps I would hope that would they change would change out. Yeah. Right. But, you know, again, you have your friends working for you. Yes. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's high. Everyone's having a good time. And, and everyone remember, wants to keep
1: the party going. That's and right. Sometimes, exactly. you know, if
2: you're sleeping with one girl, the friend gets her friend. Like it's That's very right. much kind of this party communal yes. atmosphere. Exactly.
3: You know? Dog may wreck us like that. This, Talks is,
1: about that. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this.
3: <laughs> Yo, what up? It's The Game, and this is Street Soldiers, Street soldiers,
2: with, Lisa soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real Evers. issues, real, real, politics, real
0: politics,
1: and real pizza. Only on Hot oh, 9-7. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about Hollywood hip-hop and the casting couch. Joining me for this conversation, Somia Krishnamurthy. She's a pop culture expert and music journalist. Somia, great to have you.
2: Great to
1: be here. Also with us is Eric Sanders. He's a criminal defense attorney. He's a discrimination and civil rights expert. His company is The Sanders Firm, PC. Eric, great to have you. Great to be here. Also with us is Andrea Rachel Parker. She's an actress, choreographer, and singer. You see her on HBO's The Deuce and Star's Power. Great to have you. Thank
0: you for having me.
1: Andrea, what about the keeping silent about the whole issue of this, if, if some somebody's victimized? Re- Reese Witherspoon said, She was this all the attention on Harvey Weinstein reminded her of when she was assaulted at the age of 16 by a director. She suffered in silence. She thought something was wrong with her. She then she felt ashamed of herself for not speaking out. That just that was made me so sad when I heard that.
0: Yeah, I don't feel like the victims have an obligation to say anything, you know. Emotionally, it's a lot. It's daunting. Mentally, it's daunting. And then again, like I said earlier, you know, processing something like that when you're so young, you don't even they don't teach you that in school. So you have to kind of figure that out on your own. And it's unfortunate that something like this, you know, has happened to start the conversation and make people go back into places and times where, you know, they've kind of left that untouched for so long but at the same time it's good that we're having the conversation now it's good that all these feelings are resurfacing for many people because now we have something to really sit back and tell our youth and tell them you know hey when a girl says or when a guy says you really want to listen and you really want to take that serious I think the whole conversation really can get better and we can start growing and we can start learning if we take this conversation to our youth. Not in the sense of bringing up rape and bringing up sexual assault, but just saying you want to be friendly. You want to make sure that you're sincere. You want to make sure people understand your intentions. You want to have conversations where everyone feels respected and everything is kind of out in the open. As you get older, you start those conversations from young, then they know better how to have them as they're growing up. And we have a hashtag called Me Too that's out right now. It's very and we're seeing just how serious something like this is. So Reese Witherspoon isn't the only person who, you know, has had many feelings resurface. I've had many feelings resurface because it's not just a problem in hip hop. It's not just a problem in Hollywood. It's in every industry. Again, like I said, it's in our school systems. It's at every um, corner. Standing at the bus stop, you have cars honk. It's just, it's a feeling, and there's no one way to to always be able to voice that feeling that you get when you felt violated or vulnerable, vulnerably taken advantage of.
1: And what about, did you have friends that said, have told you about instances that happened to them?
0: I've had friends who've mentioned incidents that have happened to them outside of the industry and in the industry. You know that's not my story to tell. Some of them have come out, some things have come of it and some things haven't come of it. I think that's just the reality that we live in and every situation is different, and every person is different. I feel that there's a a system that's not really open and as we touched upon earlier and, and accepting of when someone says, hey, I feel like someone took advantage of me. And I think when we feel safer in saying that sentence alone, I feel like someone took advantage of me or took advantage of the situation I was currently in, then that's when we start to hear each other.
1: What, what about the whole issue, and, and this comes up in a lot of cases too, a woman's appearance. In today's day and age, everything is very visual. Things are out all over on social media. Photos are everything. If the woman doesn't dress in a, a very, you know, s- sexy or attractive, like make the most of her looks... She's looked down on. She's ridiculed. And then on the other hand, if she does, people think she does look too sexy, that's considered a provocation. Eric, what about that legally?
3: Legally, it doesn't matter. What it matters Technically, to, it doesn't matter. Technically, it doesn't matter. But in reality, it matters to people, all right, because unfortunately, people like to make value judgments. This is a whole thing called discrimination bias. So if you want something to be blue, you'll take every factor and say, see, I told you it's blue because all these factors say it's blue. But then you exclude all the other factors. That said it was red, right? We do that. Each one of us do that, and that's one of the main problems with dealing with legal matters. Is this the main problem you have? You know, whether a person was provocatively dressed. What does that mean? I mean, is that provocative of you, or is it provocative of someone else? Everything is context, and that's the problem with all these cases. You know,
2: some cultures st- that showing your arms that's provocative, right? Right, it's really or an ankle, or a sliding scale, right. and you know, in addition to just that, I think what's also very important to mention are you know the race of the accusers mm. and that of that accused socioeconomic status you know one thing that's very interesting with what's going on with the weinstein allegations they tend to be um, predominantly white women the vast majority yes. they tend to come from means now because they're successful they're respected but in reality, we should treat a Weinstein accuser with as much sort of credibility as like an R. Kelly accuser. Yes. And there you see oh, sort yes. of this socioeconomic and racial breakdown where certain women or men their story seems to just have more right. credibility and that's just not fair but
1: also too do you think it's because it's the holiday you got the hollywood thing and yes you have white women but and we've seen that just in in everyday I, I hate to call them everyday crimes but crimes that don't make the headlines that crimes that happen to more affluent white women are going to be treated in a different way by the criminal justice system all the way through is that still the case we've seen that in you know in new york and in elsewhere
3: yeah that's a problem studies done on this it's not like people just saying it you believe what you believe is because studies actually support that as far as uh, jury verdicts and everything else and just race is a factor unfortunately but the fact is Hollywood yeah makes it more sexy you can get more media companies involved because it is a media company it's a media outlet issue in the industry but it's still the same legal issue it's either people have credibility or don't have credibility they don't have more credibility you have to assess them the same way, and that's not done.
1: And that's in, t- in terms of the severity. Of these So, I mean, what, do you think this is like the tipping point for a new awareness, or is this just the latest scandal du jour and two weeks from now we'll be on to something else?
2: What I do think that we're in an age of transparency, um, especially through social media, where a lot of um, victims really feel empowered to take their story straight to Twitter, straight to Instagram, Facebook, where they can kind of bypass some of the old guard who, you know, historically have maybe even silenced some of these stories as we're hearing more and more about. So, you know, my hope is we're in an age of transparency. Um, That being said, I mean, the president of the United States was alleged to it be Involved in many of former these,
1: President Bill Clinton, you know right. similar serious.
2: situations, and you know Donald Very Trump is at the White House. Right. So oh, yeah. it, it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword. You know, again, I hope we're in an age of transparency and of victims, both male and female, being empowered to speak out. And if nothing else, hopefully this puts predators and creepers kind of on alert like look people are watching they'll take out their camera phone they'll go on Twitter so just kind of be mindful and I hope you know the law also catches up and sort of prosecuting those individuals who truly are guilty. And that there's
1: there's more of a a consistent understanding of what's acceptable by society
2: and no more like victim blaming, slut shaming. I think that's important right this idea that you know she was asking for it or how was she dressed or he used that to get ahead. Head, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the individual who's in power, whether it be through age, through rank, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, really use their position to you know leverage a crime to happen. And you know, even if they're not powerful, there's creepy people on all levels. No, totally. Life. Hey, so, you want the yeah.
1: apartment here? You you want you know what whatever it is? You right. know, yeah. you want a ride? We've seen it with drivers, yeah. with the whole thing. Totally. But Eric, in, in, ter- in terms of to, to to come back to the law with this too, it's like. Do you think that cons- the consistency? Are we close to getting any kind of understanding of consistency?
3: I think we're getting better over the time since I've been involved in the criminal justice system as a police officer, now as a lawyer on that side. It's getting better. On the civil side, we still have a long way to go. Long way to go. But I think that people who are victims or alleged victims, they need to assert their rights. They really do, and bring these holes. What, people. And what advice do
1: you? What, what advice do you have for them?
3: Well. You can speak to a civil rights lawyer if it's at work. You can make complaints to the EEOC, you know, whatever city you live in, a state. um, You can sue people for battery because, especially in these industries, people have assets. You know the biggest way to change people's behavior? Fire them or take their assets. Right. That changes the behavior in a big way. Right. And, and, and sends a message too. In, in, ter- in, terms of, in terms of
1: men, in terms of the, this issue of consent also too, because it was uh, Angie Everhart said, yes, I'm teaching my sons to really understand no means no, no matter how it's said, even if it's said softly, even if it's implied, be really clear. What about that? Because we've, we use that phrase like no means no, but some guys just think, oh, she's playing. Like, what, like, how do you, what, what about the issue of consent as big an issue
3: as it's, 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 see, people trying to make it as easy as that. Words are context, everything is context. You have to look at context. What does boy mean? Boy means boy, or it could be boy, you know. I mean, no means no sounds nice, just like the war on drugs. Just say no. Right. Did that stop anyone from using drugs? No. We still have an opiate problem. We have all these other problems. Because Worse you have ever. human beings involved. As long as you have human beings, we're going to have this problem. You have to look at the context. Obviously, you teach people not to abuse people. You shouldn't abuse others. Now, the question is, what does this person really mean? Is a whole complex interaction between human beings. And it, this is a problem that is what you have in these sex offenses, that what does no mean? Does no mean no? And it's just not coming from men. Women will say it. Well, I didn't really mean no. I thought he chased me. Or the guy says, well, I, I really didn't mean no. I thought she chased me. It's all context. You can't make it as simple as Shades no means no. Yeah. So what advice, but what advice do you have? The advice is don't abuse people. That's obvious. Now, don't the, question right. Is, right, the question is, though, is it abuse now? That's always going to be the legal issue. Is it abuse? And it's just a problem that's not going to go away as long as you have Human beings interacting with each other and have misunderstandings. One person was That's happy at this point. kind of, of depressing, though. It's, no, it's not depressing. You're dealing with the reality of life. You can, we can act like it's a textbook or we can deal with life. All right? Today Let's is deal blue. with life. I today, Today's you know, blue in, and tomorrow we're not blue. I'm, I'm upset with this person now. I'm not upset with them now. I took this away from them and now I'm going to go against them today and, and today. and the next day I'm supporting them. So this is what we have to deal with.
2: And I think too, we have to be very careful not to have like a knee jerk reaction. And a lot of critics have said, well, you know, maybe we should have work hours being nine to five. Let's not have alcohol involved. Let's not, you know, do things after hours, but especially in entertainment or hip hop, that's not a thing. I mean, I've Interviewed artists at strip clubs because that's where they felt comfortable. That's where you had to get, or at their home, you know. And again, even at the strip club, nothing unsavory went down. It was literally all consenting adults. I was there for work, and that's it. So I really think that we don't want to go into this place of being alarmist, where right. okay, no one's going to drink alcohol. We're going to only hang out during right. In daylight rooms.
1: hours with In brightly know, lit conference rooms. Yeah,
2: and you bring your mom as like your kind of guardian <laughs> to oversee it, and we have to tape everything's every videotaped the
1: whole thing. Yeah, and, it's not and, Ray, I, I want to give you the final final word on this. Where, where would you like to see things go so that we women don't have to feel every time we're out that we're kind of like subject to predators?
0: I just want us to keep going on this path of accepting our bodies and and being liberated and feeling as though we have the right to assert what we expect from other people as we're meeting them. A lot of times we were closed mouth upon meeting people or needing someone or feeling as though we want to start a project or a new connection. And we don't say, hey, look, these are my standards, these are my expectations, we kind of lower them and we keep lowering them every time we meet a new person. And so for me, as the conversation gets broader, as we continue to have it, I want women to feel confident in saying, you know, like, You're going to have to treat me a certain way. You're going to have to be this person around me because this is the environment that I'm in and this is how I see it and this is how I cultivate it and this is what I want. And if you don't want that, that's absolutely fine, but then you can't be in this environment with me. You can't share this this safe space that I've implemented for myself.
1: All right, that's awesome. Thank you all very much for this uh, wonderful episode of Street Soldiers. Very important topic. Somia Krishnamurthy, Eric Sanders, and Andrea Rachel Parker. Thank you so much for being thank with you. us. Thank you. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.
0: Twenty million dollars in a car. Girl, tie your hair up if you wanna be a star. Yes, right. Yes, right. Yes,
1: right.
2: That's right. 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 30 million
0: people want a shot how much would it take for you to spread those legs apart Oh, I'm the gatekeeper. Spread your legs, open up, you could be famous. If you come up anywhere else, I'll erase you. Drink up, bitch, you got champagne by the cases. Don't you know, don't you know? We are the gatekeeper. Spread your legs, open up, you could be famous. You know we're holding the dreams that you're chasing. You know you're supposed to get drunk and get naked. Wait. In a car Girl, tie your hair up if you wanna be a star 30 million people want a shot How much would it take for you to spread those legs
2: apart?